Welcome to episode 266 of the TruthQuest podcast, the truth about the ends justify the means. Please support the podcast by visiting truthquestshirtfactory.com and purchase one of our shirts inspired by podcast episodes. All shirts are $30 and free shipping. Recently, the Biden administration announced a reversal of their stance on building Trump's border wall. After two years of leaving the border wide open, encouraging and incentivizing migrants to come to the United States, give them cell phones, pay for hotel rooms, airline and bus tickets, while at the same time making it easy for them to apply for asylum, I smelled a rat. Not only did I smell a rat, but I began reflecting on other events in recent history whereby the Democrats pushed a dangerous, unpopular, insane, and or illegal policy, despite having minimal support from the public. I mean, who does that? Who pushes a policy that is overwhelmingly unpopular? Who pursues a course of action whereby the detrimental consequences are well known in advance? Answer, ideologues who justify the means they pursue because they got the desired end result. It's really no different than what we saw in Israel this week. For those of you who are listening to this in the future, Hamas terrorists invaded or scaled the border wall over the weekend and just started slaughtering civilians in Israel. They mass-murdered young adults at an outdoor concert. They went house to house and murdered families. They raped women. They beheaded people. Why would they do that when they know damn well that the response from Israel will be total destruction of Gaza? Answer, they are ideologues. The ends justify the means. What end, you may ask? They want to provoke Israel to retaliate so they can stoke more hate and start a war. They do not care about the civilian casualties. They want to wage war against Israel. They want to wipe Israel off the map, period, end of story. The means to do such do not matter. And just for the record, I'm not condoning any behavior on the part of Israel. So in order to demonstrate this ends justify the means pursuit of policy, I'm going to walk through three examples from the past, Obamacare, voter fraud in 2020, and COVID. And then I'm going to present you with some current ends justify the means situations and follow them to their logical conclusion. I promise you, once you see this, you can never unsee it. Let's start with Obamacare. The ends. Well, more power in the hands of the federal government, a socialized medicine scheme in America. They know damn well that once a federal program is established, it never goes away. Part of the ends, or the end result, was the Democrats suffered a bloodbath at the ballot box in the next election. We're talking about wholesale rejection of the Democratic Party down to the local dog catcher level. I think the Dems lost like 50 House seats, maybe more, in the election of 2012. But none of that mattered to Obama and the ideologues because they got the end result they wanted. So the ends justify the means, and it justified the consequences. I mean, think about it. If you control or fund healthcare, it allows the government to regulate every aspect of our lives because virtually everything we do impacts our health. And since they are paying for your healthcare, it's not a stretch that they will dictate behaviors such as how much you exercise, your smoking habits, your alcohol consumption, the amount of sun exposure you get, where you live, what you drive, how fast you can drive, what you eat. Think about the power the Democrats just granted the federal government by the passage of Obamacare. It's enough to make LBJ blush. So all of that justified the means, which was lying, obfuscation, misrepresentation, and more lying in order to get the law passed. The lies told by Obama in order to get Obamacare over the finish line were epic. Remember, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. 
Lie. Or the average family will save $2,500 a year. Bigger lie. What about this? Quote, we'll have the negotiations televised on C-SPAN so that people can see who is making arguments on behalf of their constituents and who are making arguments on behalf of the drug companies or the insurance companies, end quote. Well, that didn't happen. Everything was done in secret. Republicans were not allowed into the committee rooms where the law was being discussed. The law was drafted with zero Republican input. One party rule. That's what these people have always wanted. They don't want to be lowered to the point where they have to defend their positions in a public forum. They didn't give a shit about the consequences of their actions, which were obvious. The evidence was right in front of these totalitarians. They only had to look at the Canadian and British healthcare systems. They ignored the fact that there would be a decline in the quality of care, lost coverage, and skyrocketing rates for millions. They wouldn't even let the congressman read the bill before they voted on it. Pelosi infamously had the balls to say, you have to pass the bill to see what's in it. Hell, even when this piece of shit law was passed, over 1,000 waivers were granted, mostly to constituents in Democrat congressmen's districts. Why do you need waivers for the best piece of legislation in a generation? They ignored the fiscal train wreck and the suicidal business model. It's illogical, it's anti-common sense, it's irresponsible. It forces insurance companies to accept people with pre-existing conditions. That's no different than forcing an insurance company to issue a car insurance policy after someone's had a wreck, or forcing them to issue a homeowner's policy after a house fire. It's illogical and it's willfully negligent. Forcing insurance companies to cover children up to the age of 26. Seriously, where the hell is that enumerated in the Constitution? They ignored the fact that socialized medicine always results in more dependency on the part of the people on the government that provides the health care, rationing of care, or the so-called death panels. That's a function of a centralized health care system. It happens every time. They ignored the fact that socialized medicine always results in fewer treatment options, longer wait times for doctors, less experimentation and innovation of new treatment techniques and pharmaceuticals. It results in higher insurance premiums and higher deductibles and limited choice of your doctor. The law passed with zero votes from Republicans. Pause. That fact alone should tell you something. Republicans never agree on anything because they are not a bunch of mind-numb robots that vote in unison like the Democrats typically do. Granted, most of them may as well be Democrats, but my goodness, they never agree to vote in unison for anything. The Democrats who voted for the Obamacare law knew what would happen. The National Center for Policy Analysis had this to say about socialized medical systems at the time. Quote, can the nationalized universal systems of Britain, Canada, or anywhere else improve on this? They're referring to the U.S. healthcare system. No, but we can ruin our healthcare by following the policies of countries where medical treatment is far below the American standard. End quote. By the way, if this topic is of any interest to you and you want to explore it further, check out episode 12, The Truth About Socialized Medicine, episode 14, The Truth About Obamacare. And if you're interested in how to reform the healthcare system, which our national leaders are not, check out episode 17, The Truth About Healthcare Reform. The next example I will offer up for the ends justify the means episode is voter fraud. I produced four previous episodes on the topic covering the Pennsylvania vote count, the 2020 election, and the Georgia election integrity law. Those links will be in the show notes page. The obvious pursued end to any voter fraud scheme is to get your guy elected. In the context that we are talking today, 
with a focus on the 2020 election, the end was really getting rid of Trump because he is anti-establishment and is not willing to continue the same old Washington ways that are causing the nation to fall into decline. And to replace him with, or rather install, a corrupt, bought-and-paid-for, demented puppet. The ultimate end pursued by the totalitarian National Democrats is one-party rule, as I will demonstrate further in the coming moments. They pursue power, control, and money. Just think of the seven deadly sins and you will capture most of what they are about. So with the pursued ends, getting rid of Trump being established, they pursued a comprehensive voter fraud policy in a handful of Democrat-controlled counties in battleground states. They perpetrated bold and unprecedented levels of improprieties, illegalities, and irregularities. They committed voter fraud by using hundreds of thousands of fraudulent mail-in ballots. They just kept producing ballots until Biden won, and in most of those states, he won by 10, 11,000 votes. And they got Biden across the finish line. The ends justify the means. In that same vein, what about the 51 intelligence officials who signed the letter saying the Hunter Biden laptop had all the earmarks or hallmarks of Russia disinformation? None of these people have issued a public apology for signing that letter, now that we know it was a lie. Many of them have expressed publicly that they are happy to have done their part to get rid of Trump because, say it with me, the ends justify the means. The final example is COVID. COVID was a wet dream for every wannabe totalitarian dictator on the planet, from mayors and governors to corrupt gray-haired midget political appointee health officials to presidents and prime ministers. The commies came out of the closet during the COVID hysteria. Again, the ends were power, control, money, and greed. But those ends justified the means they employed. Lies, fraud, mandates, lockdowns, massive censorship efforts. For those of you who live in the alphabet soup conspiracy media bubble, here's a quick recap of what the authoritarians ignored. There was evidence at the time that the virus had a minute death rate for the majority of people. There was evidence at the time that the elderly and those with comorbidities needed to be protected and that everyone else should live their lives, even contract the virus and develop natural immunity. There was evidence at the time that there were over-the-counter remedies to treat COVID. There was evidence presented at the time by people like Dr. Robert Malone that this new technology, this mRNA technology, was not ready for prime time. He told the world that it would not work. He told the world that their use would only lead to new variants that were not covered by the previous shot, which of course would lead to multiple rounds of boosters. There was evidence at the time that the use of cloth masks did not work to stop the spread. There was evidence at the time that lockdowns would do tremendous psychological damage to millions and stunt the education of millions of children. There was evidence at the time that the pharmaceutical companies, specifically Pfizer, committed fraud, specifically with their shortened clinical trial, which they ended, leaving no placebo group, mind you, because they gave everybody the jab. There was evidence as time progressed that the jab did not stop the virus. In fact, the CDC had to change the definition of vaccine in order to accommodate this new mRNA technology that they were injecting into billions of people's bodies. I could go on. And despite all that, the government and Big Pharma and the alphabet soup conspiracy media that is sponsored by Pfizer continued pushing all of that shit because the ends justified the means. I've spent a considerable amount of time on this topic, 
If you're interested, please use the show notes page for a list of episodes. I cover everything from the unvaccinated to ivermectin to the vaccine passports to the vaccine itself and the mandates. So now that you have some background on this ends justify the means phenomenon, let's discuss some current situations and make educated projections about what might occur. I opened the episode with a reference to the Biden administration's recent reversal of their position on not building Trump's border wall. You know they've been paying contractors millions of dollars a day not to build the wall while the materials rusted and rotted. Then they reportedly started selling off components for pennies on the dollar. Pause. It's instances like this that clearly demonstrate the futility of government. I mean, who pays people not to complete a project that has already been contracted and agreed to? Who does that? What business or household would hire somebody to do a job, sign a contract, and then pay them not to perform the work? Only someone who is spending other people's money or someone with access to a printing press would do something like that. To further my tangent here and reinforce what is arguably the main theme of the TruthQuest podcast, the federal government is out of control. They operate in arenas not enumerated to them in the Constitution. As a matter of fact, one could argue that 90-plus percent of the federal government's activities are unconstitutional, and they should be abolished and defunded today. Okay, back to my point. The ends of the open border invasion at the border is one-party rule. Power, totalitarian control, money, tyranny, greed. Are you sensing a theme here? Millions of illegals are already here. Democrats in blue areas have for years declared themselves sanctuary cities. Democrats have given these illegals welfare benefits, offered millions asylum, and shipped them to the interior of the country. So what could possibly happen with this insanity? Well, when the Democrats control Congress and the White House again, probably next year, they will grant all of these people citizenship and voting rights and tell them to vote for us because the Republicans are going to deport you. The reality is uniparty Republicans are also open border advocates, and they have been for decades. They just never had the balls to just leave the border wide open. You see, from the Democrats' perspective, they have to bring in new voters since their newfound allegiance to one-party rule, totalitarianism, and mass censorship tends to be roundly rejected by a majority of domestic voters. Certainly, the majority of voters reject open borders. You've seen surveys on that. When the inevitable happens, a terrorist attack of some sort is perpetrated by people who waltzed across the border and they attack a concert, a football stadium, or blow up a dam or take out the electric grid, the Democrats will simply shrug their shoulders and feign ignorance of their direct culpability, to which Rachel Maddow and Joe Scarborough will, will parrot on their programs because the ends justify the means. Check out episode 143, The Voter Drive at the Border, if you're interested in that topic. Here's another example ripped from today's headlines. The dual justice system, or selective prosecution, whatever you want to call it. It manifests itself most obviously with the prosecution and persecution of all things Trump, or the lack of prosecution of Antifa, BLM rioters, looters, and murderers, or the persecution and prosecution of the January 6th trespassers while ignoring the rioters in D.C. during the week of Trump's inauguration in 2017, or ignoring the rioters outside the White House a few years later that required the evacuation of Trump to the bunker. It even trickles down to the local level where you see places like California where you can steal up to $950 worth of merchandise and avoid prosecution 
or these lunatic George Soros-funded DAs and attorneys general refusing to prosecute criminals? What are the desired ends of this policy? Well, it's really no different than what we've already discussed. They are pursuing power, control, and money. They are out-of-the-closet totalitarians or authoritarians. So they persecute and prosecute their political enemies. And why not? The Democrats know that the GOP will not reciprocate because Republicans are not ideologues. Most of them believe in God and would never persecute or prosecute an innocent person. The Democrats who are perpetrating the dual justice system from this DA in New York City or Fulton County, Georgia, or the Attorney General of New York, to the federal prosecutors, I forget his name, last name Smith, and the entire post-America Washington, D.C. court system, they're all godless and evil. They have one goal, empower the establishment and crush the opposition. That being liberty and freedom-loving people who believe in the Bible and the Constitution in that order. And finally, what are the desired ends of leaders in both parties who are, and have been, destroying the U.S. dollar since 1971, or really 1913, but let's just start the clock at Nixon's closure of the gold window, which is the topic of episode 162. I believe there are two ends being pursued here. Number one, the establishment or incumbents are bought and paid for by lobbyists and special interests, so they push the continued printing and spending so they can pay them off. It's all about self-preservation and re-election. They do not care about the future. And number two, Many on the left just want to destroy capitalism, so these two constituents work together to the detriment of the country. The incessant printing of money, the subsequent inflation, are justified because of the pursued ends. Get reelected and destroy capitalism. How about the destruction of the nuclear family? The pursued end is increased reliance on government. Broken homes equals broken families. Broken families equals broken people. Broken people equals people who need help. And guess who is always there to pick up the pieces? The federal government with perpetual welfare. The cultural war against God, traditional families, the push for abortion on demand, no-fault divorce laws, all of it justified because of the pursued ends. Similarly, in a relatively new phenomenon is the advocation for the mutilation of minors who suffer from a mental illness whereby they question their gender. These lunatics are not satisfied with that alone. They push for doing that shit without parental consent. It's satanic. Now, I must admit, I cannot fit this one into the nice, neat, the ends justify the means pocket. I consider myself one of the normals, and for the life of me, I don't know what motivates people to advocate for sick shit like mutilating the bodies of minors. Money is certainly one motivation. That is for the shit medical professionals who perform these surgeries. But what is the motivation of the limbs of TikTok crowd who push this stuff? Clearly, they suffer from some mental illness themselves, but why advocate for such an obviously heinous and irreversible act? If you know the answer, please feel free to leave a comment in whatever platform you are listening to this on. I'd love to hear from you. Now that you've been exposed to the ends justify the means paradigm, I hope you never unsee it. Do your part to call it out to your sphere of influence. And that's the truth about the ends justify the means. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform, share episodes with your friends, and support the podcast by visiting truthquestshirtfactory.com.